Welcome to the Spectator PM podcast. I'm Ellie Gardy, a reporter at the American Spectator. And I'm Aubrey Gulick, also a reporter at the American Spectator. So today we're talking about an article that came out today in the New York Times, and it's a pretty thorough takedown of the absolute ideological uh, viciousness with which trans activists push the idea that children should just transition medically if they have any sense that they were born in the wrong body. Right. So the story, the the article tells the story of this girl named Grace Powell, um, who transitioned medically at the age of 17 because she didn't feel comfortable in her body. And during that period of transition, um, she like at no time did any doctor approach her and was like, uh, you know, have you had, do you have a history of trauma? You know, is there another reason you could be feeling this way? And as a result, she, so she transitions, she gets her double mastectomy. She goes to college as a guy. And then after college comes to regret her decision and realizes that she really just had to work through, you know, the severe PTSD from some sexual trauma that she dealt with as a child. And it's, unfortunately becoming a more and more common story where, you know, children are transitioned as young, you know, young children or teenagers and then come to regret their decisions. And so there's this growing class of detransitioners. And I feel like up until this point, a lot of leftist media has ignored it. And it's a huge step in the right direction that, you know, the New York Times is actually covering this issue um, and pointing out, you know, the very serious issues with the with the industry. Right, and the New York Times points out that no one asked Grace when she was a kid. She was a teenager, 17 years old, and she was saying, oh, I, you know, I don't feel comfortable in my body. They didn't ask her why. Like, they didn't ask her what was the source behind this. She was suffering from depression. They didn't say, like, they didn't ex- understand her or help her deal with her issues. They just said, yeah, you're a man. And then when she turned 18, the summer before she went to college, she got the double mastectomy. She went to college and then started sharing a dorm room with a man. And then it seemed like that's when she started saying, you know, maybe, maybe I am a woman. So <laughs> I personally, if I ever had to share a dorm room with a man in college, I might start questioning things too so (laughs) right right well what was so unfortunate about it is that you know as she's feeling uncomfortable she's also dealing with like an inundation of social media and just you know the media narrative the, the society's narrative that like not only does do these you know uncomfortable feelings mean that you're actually a guy you were born into the wrong body but also like if you don't transition, you'll end up killing yourself. And like, that's a message that a lot of parents receive and, you know, a lot of kids receive and they're scared of rightfully so of suicide. Suicide rates are extremely high in the United States among teenagers. And so they feel pressured by, you know, the society, by doctors around them to, you know, take these radical steps that end up just ruining their lives because you know, they have no foundation in reality at all. And yeah, there was a woman in the story who told the New York Times that she went to a doctor for her child who was questioning his or her gender. I don't remember if it was a, a boy or a girl. 
And the doctor said, I think it was her son. They said right in front of her and her son, do you want a dead son or a live daughter? And that's what all these parents are hearing. It's just, you have to do this crazy framework of full on surgeries, testosterone, estrogen, puberty blockers, or you're killing your child. And the New York Times actually says that this feels to many people like emotional blackmail. And right, that's exactly what it is. They're forcing people into this by manipulating their emotions. Right. And like even even among like healthcare providers, the way the gender, you know, the whole system works, it has nothing like it's not at all similar to any other form of therapy in that like with any other form of therapy or medical procedure, like there is all sorts of back, you know, work that a physician has to do with their patients before, you know, they give them a procedure. Like there's all sorts of tests they have to do, whether or not the issue is physical or, you know, emotional. And that none of that exists in the gender transitioning world. And so, so many of these, you know, these healthcare providers are, they get, they study gender transition, they're like ready to treat. And then they realize that like these forms of therapy are not being held up to the same levels of scrutiny that other forms of therapy are. And they're like, well, I feel like something is wrong here, but I can't speak out. And if I speak out, like you're, you know, you're shouted down for being homophobic or a million other things. And they, and so they eventually just kind of like slowly slide out of the practice and they go into, you know, some other field and they they don't end up speaking out. And so all that's left are the crazies who are like, yeah, let's just transition your kid after, you know, one interview with them. Well, without anyone with you know, a little bit of reason. Uh, and one example of this is Stephanie Wynn. She was a licensed marriage and family therapist who did gender affirming care as they refer to it and she started questioning the approach when she saw all the people who were detransitioning all the trauma they had and she started thinking about you know maybe we shouldn't just if anyone says i feel uncomfortable in my body give them testosterone and so she started speaking out about it and saying i think we should be a little more considered we should ask some more questions but she was completely attacked by the activists and they started to send complaints to her licensing board. And so the licensing board started investigating her. So they're, like you said, they're leaving, they're filtering out because of the activists, but they're also kind of being pushed out. Right, for sure. And I think like this discussion is important to have, you know, like we're not doing the back work for this kind of therapy, but also like, it's also important to recognize that none of this is based in reality whatsoever, right? Like we're dealing with gender transitions. And the fact of the matter is you're either born as a male or a female and you you aren't born into the wrong body. That's just not a thing. No matter how much slowness or reason people exercise within this context, it's meaningless unless you eliminate the whole thing. There's, this is never going to help anyone. There is no one that giving them testosterone, estrogen, or pretending that they're the opposite sex is going to do them any service. Right. Absolutely. And that's a really important qualifier when having this discussion and one that obviously the New York Times and their opinion writer who wrote this piece are not quite willing to make. It's like, this is just not founded in reality. And so 
because of that, like they're trying to draw a line, but they're already all, you know, they're already past the line. <laughs> and so right. there is no line to be drawn. Um, and, you know, it, it's a major issue and it ends up, you know, hurting kids because there is no situation in which like, you know, gender dysphoria should be treated by hormones. Yes. And the New York Times and all the liberals who are starting to say, okay, maybe we shouldn't give little girls who are 12 testosterone. It's like, you're getting somewhere. Yes. Continue down this path. Now start questioning whether that little girl could conceivably be a boy because she's a girl. You right. know, and we have to push them along that way. And, you know, maybe it's a good way to get started to say, you know, look at the studies that show that this doesn't decrease suicides. This doesn't help mental health. This is dangerous. This has many symptoms. People often change their minds and then are even worse off, you know, to start showing okay, here are some bad things that are happening when we follow down this path and we can start to get people to realize that attempting to change your sex is never going to help anyone. Right, right. And like, it's a step in the right direction, like as you were saying, and it's an important step that we're going to need to take. But, you know, at the end of the day, reality is going to have to win. And like, yeah, <laughs> hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later. And and hopefully we get there before too many other young people are injured in this way. Um, well, thank you for listening to the Spectator PM podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback on this and any other issues um, we talk about. And tune in next time. Have a great day.